Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Samara Bhatti. She is the owner and founder of SAB Chiropractic Clinic. She's also a qualified diagnostic radiographer and a lecturer. Good morning. Well, good afternoon to you, Samara. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey and all the wonderful work you're doing out into the world. I appreciate you. Well, I thank you for the opportunity for having me on. It's a great pleasure and a privilege to be here talking to you. All right. Well, let's jump right in. So as mentioned, you are the owner director, founder of SAB Chiropractic Clinic. You are a qualified diagnostic radiographer and a lecturer. Now, those are some pretty demanding jobs and careers. How do you prioritize and how important is prioritization and organization for you? Just to add to your list that you just mentioned, we'll just add, I'm also recently qualified as an MSK uh, sonographer as well. So um, I think given the challenging roles, I think both of those, priority and organization, I guess are essential part of my life without organization, I guess, can't really function on a daily basis if you're running between different roles and having to change different hats. As for the priority, I guess you have to prioritize what and I dedicate my time to each role and I like to perform my best in each role, which is where time management and organization then comes in to play. And I have to prioritize and set time aside so that I could commit myself to each and every single role that I'm performing. Absolutely. Now, as the owner and founder of the chiropractic clinic, do you not only practice there as a chiropractor, but you also run the clinic, right? Yep, correct. And so how long ago did you found SAB? SAB was found in October 2018. And it was after having, uh, so I'd been qualified for about four years and, and been working in some multidisciplinary private clinic and towards the end of that work life I, I think it just kind of went to a phase where I didn't really have a very good experience with the management side of things uh, for the clinic I was working in and then I moved on and got another job in another clinic and and that wasn't a great experience either and I think that's when SAB developed basically and it was founded and I decided that it was time for me to be my own boss. That second clinic was the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak you had enough. <laughs> 
of working for other people. And I mean, that's got to be a hell of a task, though. I mean, of course, you you have help at the clinic, but to be a chiropractor of the clinic, but to also run the clinic as well. I mean, that's a lot. It is. But, you know, this is when I kind of say uh, my friends and my family know me too well. And I think my, my calendar, if you look at my schedules, everything is timed. And it's the time management, I think, that saves me and yeah. is able to kind of keep me going and keep me on track of where I need to be. Otherwise, I'll wake right. up and I wouldn't know where I should be. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a diagnostic radiographer for over 17 years now. So this career path obviously came before the chiropractic path. What inspired you to become a radiographer? Why that path? It's interesting, actually, because I always wanted to be, I think I'm one of those very rare child that actually knows what they want in life. So from a very young age, I always wanted to be in a medical profession. And and I think it was at the time that I had just moved to the country. And I'm originally from Pakistan. I was born in Pakistan. And I had moved to the country and I think language barrier was uh, one struggle that I had found uh, myself in. And, right. and I always wanted to be in a medical health profession. I wanted to be a doctor. And this was the closest I could get to as a medical professional healthcare, given the, you know, the struggles and the language barriers. And that was just the, that this is how I ended up doing diagnostic imaging. So you knew you wanted to work in the medical field. Did any of your family members work in that field? Is that why that? passion for it came to you? My mum was a qualified midwife, but then she got married. Okay. So she never actually practiced as a midwife. I think it's more science. My dad was a mechanical engineer. So science runs in the family, I guess. Yeah. So I just uh, had, and then my, and then this passion became more so when my dad became ill and he was terminally okay. ill. And I, this passion then developed into a strong will of mine that I have to do this to help other right. people in the same sort of, and I wanted to be a healthcare profession to help other people and other patients out there struggling because I had, you know, a personal experience of yeah. that yeah. sort of struggling, you know, in the final months of his life. I'm very sorry to hear that. What inspired your journey down the road of becoming a chiropractor then? And how long have you been practicing as a chiropractor? So I've been practicing now for eight years. Gosh, time okay. flies. But, <laughs> but yeah, this was, again, a lead on from when I was qualified as a diagnostic imaging radiographer. And like I said, I, I wanted to do something more. And my end goal was to do, you know, to be a doctor. And that was right. the end goal. And when I qualified and I was working as a diagnostic radiographer, I just knew this wasn't my lifetime career and I wanted to do more. And I just, uh, you know, this is when it kind of happened. And I looked into it and I wanted to be more complementary therapy and more alternative medicine right. um, knowing that you know the struggles that dad had with all the side effects from the medicines and stuff and you know I just wanted to take a different approach to help my patients in a different way and yeah so this is when the trans not the transformation but the move from being a diagnostic radiographer to a chiropractor then happened is that a common route that people take <laughs> who have gone into radiography <laughs> no I'm a unique piece <laughs> you're a unicorn <laughs> We'll call it, we'll um, say that, we'll use that term. You're a, you're a magical unicorn. I am indeed. No, not very often, not. Uh, I haven't come across, uh, in my career pathway at least, I haven't come across anybody <laughs> who has okay. this, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Just curious, that's quite a 
different path. <laughs> I think, I guess I've always been interested in doing the diagnostic, the radiology side of things. Right. And that was the other reason of going into chiropractic as well, actually, because I had an offer from two universities to actually study medicine and be a medical doctor. I refused and I, because this, the pure reason was, again, I'm one that likes to develop and progress from my knowledge base and I don't like to waste education. Mm-hmm. Um, had I gone the medical doctor pathway, that would have been a waste of my uh, radiography qualifications and my experience. Okay. And I didn't want to waste that. And I want to develop yeah. one. And also, I, I like shortcuts. So. <laughs> I think a lot of people like shortcuts. <laughs> so, you know, I could get to my consultancy level that I am at now in much, you know, a shorter space than if I had to go through the whole medical route. You know, 10 years down the line, you, you're still only a junior doctor, whereas I can get to where I am at a consultancy level, uh, specializing in MSK and radiology. Mm-hmm. You know, in shorter space of time, you know, I don't get to the age where I just started practicing and then I have to think about retirement, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I get to actually experience and and help other people in the field. So this is this is how I decided that chiropractic was the right way of going uh, okay. forward. And there's so many pathways and of progressions. And I've I've not looked back to be honest. I've I've climbed up you know each step of the ladder every time, and it's given me great you know many opportunities. Opportunities like speaking to you today. <laughs> well, that's great that you haven't looked back and thought, oh, maybe I should have gone that route or gone that route. That's a sign that you know you are doing the work you're meant to do and you're on the right path. Yeah. So obviously you've had quite a bit of success in your career and with what you've managed to accomplish as well. And of course, that didn't come up without tons of hard work and some struggle along the way as well. Would you mind sharing a little bit more? I know you briefly touched on part of your why for getting into the field. Would you mind elaborating a little bit on your personal journey and struggle with us? Yeah, sure. So like I said, I was uh, born in Pakistan and I moved to UK in 1997. And, you know, and that was because dad was poorly and he was terminally ill. And we basically just uh, had to move. And that was the initial struggle, you know, of, of start of the struggle of the life journey, having to move to a different country, foreign land, foreign language, uh, you know, you don't have any friends you don't know anybody so that was the hardest part of uh, you know the school age and I had to sit my GCSEs uh, literally within a year of being in the UK and not speaking the language and that was the biggest challenge of having to sit the main exams then even now when you apply for you know jobs or universities the first thing they look at is your GCSE grades right. and that was hard because you know being an A star student back home in Pakistan and having to come and literally drop my levels right below you know the the level that I was or have always been that was the toughest and you know thing to kind of accept and adapt and 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 this is where it kind of gave me the motivation and the determination to do well and to get myself back up to where where I had been prior to the language barriers and this was the drive to get me up to where where I am today and and I think this this is where the whole journey started and then uh, obviously then moving to UK and you know not, no friends no no house and it was a struggle of finding somewhere to live and you know somewhere to and then having to start the school and yeah that was the biggest uh, biggest wow. challenge and the struggle. How, how the hell did you I mean you said you had to sit for tests and what how the hell did you overcome the language barrier writing these tests like how was that I can't even imagine how no, hard that must have been. It was like, how it was, did you deal with it? I'm very good with 
just chucked into deep end I suppose and you just kind of think okay I've got to find my way and and I've learned it I, I've learned it the hard way I guess but there was no support there was no and I remember my my friend uh, on my behalf because I couldn't obviously speak English it was more broken language to be honest broken English right. and I remember we went to the head teacher and my friend who's you know suffered from dyslexia I went up to the head teacher and I remember her saying that I get extra time because I'm dyslexic why shouldn't Samira be allowed extra time because of the language barrier and I remember the head teacher saying this is not a disability wow and so we don't allow extra time and then we requested that I should be allowed to take a dictionary you know that translates from English to Urdu vice versa oh no this would be considered as cheating holy shit yeah, you don't. You just have to do what the best you can do. And yeah. I was allowed extra time. And it was really hard, uh, you know, because you have to read the question, you have to translate it in Urdu, then you have to then translate, you know, think about an answer, formulate an answer in English, and then you have to be able to write it. And it, it may not be grammatically correct, of course, right. but it's whatever you think. And the most challenging part was if you read a question and there's one word, within the question that you don't understand it changes the whole meaning of the sentence yeah just writing what you think you're writing but may not necessarily be the answer that they're looking for exactly well i mean the english language has so many words that have multiple meanings exactly like it's but yeah so that was the and i still remember when i while i passed uh you know i didn't have like a stars and i would but i had a couple of B's and a majority of them were C's. And for me, that was a failure. For me, I had failed. I didn't get my A stars because, you know, I, I was a bad student. And, and I still remember, you know, they got my godmothers, Helen and Mary, who were, who were belonged to the same church that my dad belonged to. And I remember them sat down with me and said, actually, you've done really well. And, uh, and and they said, and I still remember their words, they said, actually, someone who has been born in UK and English is their first language, a lot of the students have had C's as their grades and they're quite happy. But actually, your B's and your C's are A's and A stars. There you go. Because considering that English is not your first language Mm -hmm. and actually you've done really well. But to be honest, for me, it was really hard to, I know their words were comforting, but deep down I knew this wasn't me. And I had, and and I remember them saying, well, you know, imagine us going back to Pakistan and having to sit exams and their teachers, you know, the special school and they teach a lot of the, you know, disabled children and they're highly qualified. And they said, even us, uh, you know, look at us, we will struggle if you went back to Pakistan and had to sit an exam after being in the country for about a year year or so uh, we will fail and I said actually it makes sense and uh, you know Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to let that affect me or become my weakness in fact I use that as a a strength of mine that I'm going to develop on my weakness and that's what I've learned that you know don't look back look ahead. So how have these experiences helped shape the Samara you are today both personally and professionally do you think? So personally I think I'm, I'm, I'm content but I'm also very motivated very focused and professionally, uh, you know, I think I've, I've 
kind of learned how to manage time management and organizations and how to use my challenges and transform them into my strengths and, you know, stay focused and always look ahead of my goals ahead. And I, I don't compete with anybody else. I find that I'm my own competitor. And I think that's the best way of comparing yourself with yourself and how you can perform better, because I just think it's not point comparing yourself to somebody else because each an individual will have their own abilities and their own way of dealing with things and overcoming challenges. For me, overcoming challenges is working hard and finding ways, finding solutions to overcome any challenges and don't let the challenges put me off. And I've become quite dedicated. And I think I, my family and my friends would kind of agree to that. I Once I put my mind to something, I see see to it and I make sure you know and, and I'm determined and I make it I make it happen absolutely I could not agree with you more about the whole competition thing I was stuck in that competition mindset when I first made the jump to entrepreneurship but once you shift your mindset around that and realize exactly that my only competition is me you yeah. can't compare yourself to somebody else because somebody else they're a completely different person plus you may be in your year two stage and they're in their year eight stage. You can't compare the two. That's like comparing yeah. apples to oranges. You just can't yeah. do it. There's no comparison there. So good for you. I think that is absolutely incredible. Congratulations and kudos to you for having the self-awareness to, to realize that's the way and to keep looking forward. I think it's amazing. Thanks. What would you say is the biggest or most valuable takeaway or lesson for you as a result of your experiences? my biggest I would say again I think you know the challenges have taught me a lot but my biggest would be the thing to take away would be to don't look back look ahead and have set goals for yourselves I think it's important to set goals for yourself because you have something you know to look towards and something to work towards and always think that no matter what challenges are thrown your way there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you know everything happens for a reason and everything will always work itself out in the end the way it's supposed to be yeah, yeah. absolutely and it keep having goals and things like that in mind keeps you focused yeah and my key now, motto you is believing yourself there is a woman behind your successful journey samara yeah. can you share a little bit about who that successful woman is and how she is the woman and why she is the woman behind your successful journey? No other than my mother, um, <laughs> <laughs> my mom. I think she is amazing, and uh, you know she is a very inspiring and a, and a strong woman. And I think my mom has had to deal with so many uh, life struggles. You know, you know, since dad moved here and having to look after six of us, six of us in the family. So as a single parent and then dad passing away and we being in a foreign country with foreign language and mom still standing firm to protect us and to, you know, to provide the love and the care as a single parent and put her happiness aside for our happiness. And I think she is the most wonderful, uh, loving and caring human being that I have come across. And I think she is the most inspiring woman that I have come across and she's become my role model because seeing her do life struggles and yet still be able to stand firm and care for her children I think this was the inspiration that I had that no matter what life throws at you you stand firm I love that well she's obviously done an incredible job because look at how you've turned out and 
the success that you've had in your life. And, you know, that's something that women tend to do is they, women are just natural nurturers. They put everybody before themselves. And of course, they're going to put their children before themselves. Absolutely. That's what parents do. But it just speaks to how incredibly powerful and inspirational women are in general. Yeah. They just do shit. They just get shit done, period. Yeah. There's no hesitation. There's no questions asked. They just do. Yeah. It's it's absolutely so inspiring. So kudos to your mother and to you. Thanks. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work that you do? Helping. Helping other people. Helping my patients get better. Helping them achieve their goals, whether that's getting back to an activity that they enjoy or being able to get them back to their work, you know, helping with their uh, health and well-being, uh, you know, their mental health. You know, when I wake up in the morning and um, and I think I'm going to work and yeah, this is it, helping other people. Now, on the flip yeah. side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts of the work that you do? Time management, <laughs> work-life work balance. So, you know, although I manage it really well, but it is, I would say, is the time work-life balance balance is trying to maintain the the work and being able to play the different roles at 100% and then you have your family and friends that need your time and yeah so this this is yeah one challenge that I'm still working on (laughs) I think that's something we all challenge and struggle with so with you being an entrepreneur now who has worked under other people as a chiropractor now you're running your own clinic and in the entrepreneurial world, on your entrepreneurial journey, what excites you the most about being an entrepreneur? Flexibility, <laughs> independence, and mm-hmm. choice. I want to speak a little bit with you about women in entrepreneurship specifically and get your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve. How have you seen it evolve since you've been in the entrepreneurial world? I think women are starting to recognize their strengths and they're becoming more confident in themselves. And I think this is great to see that, you know, the women are empowering in in the sense that they need and they want to have that control over their life and how they run their, you know, work-life balance. And it's great to see. And I think it's developing more and more and more as women are starting to come out and and believe in themselves. I think that's the biggest thing is it's believing in yourself and believing that you can achieve things if you put your mind to it. And I think that this is a strong asset of, you know, of human being that once you believe in yourself, you can achieve whatever you put your mind to it. And it's great to see lots and lots and lots of women coming out. And I think it's the confidence as well, or confident. And this is the drive, is the belief in yourself and the confidence that gets you where you need to be. For sure. Now, women have been told for so long that you can't have it all. You can't have the career and the family and, and, and. So what do you say to that with how things have shifted? What What are your thoughts on that now? I think it's women are humans. They are an independent individual that should have their own rights of what, you know, and the choices. They should be allowed to make their own choices. And historically, like you said, it is, you know, it's historically, it's known that women do, you know, they're categorized into being, you know, homemakers uh, whilst uh, men are going out to do work and they don't have a professional life as such. But it's their choice as well. And I think it's great that they're able to come out and they're, you know, their happiness and their choices, life choices that they may want to make aren't being suppressed because you sometimes have to you suppress your own happiness over 
family. And I'm up for, you know, having the right work-life balance, you know, such and family is important, which, you know, I have a massive, you know, big family. And I think family life is important, but not, you know, if that's, uh, you know, compromising your careers or compromising your pathways, then you've got to reevaluate where things are going wrong. And I think this is where you need the support of your family and your friend and you know the circle of people that you have around you is the right support as well for women to go out and you know develop their career pathways and not suppress them so I think I'm a big you know advocate of women having developing their own selves confidence and their career pathways and you know like if they are you know working for themselves which they are now lots of businesses and things and this gives them that flexibility and the choice to be able to work the way they want to and have the family and, you know, have that right balance in their lives. Absolutely. And also, I mean, we as people, men and women have problems asking for help, but I think it's more ingrained into women because of societal conditioning, patriarchal conditioning, that women aren't supposed to ask for help, that it's bad to ask for help or it's not, you know, it's shameful to ask for help. And there's nothing wrong with that. We have to ask for help. And honestly, entrepreneurship, business, life is not meant to be done alone. So I think, as you said, we should be surrounding ourselves with our tribe and our people that are there for support because we all need it, whether you're a man or a woman. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have the right support, the right people around you, the journey makes, you know, gets a little bit easier. Absolutely. What advice do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or even say perhaps within a company that they work for? Oh, what advice I loads. But I think maybe <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's you know the, the best thing I think is is believe in yourself, stay focused and know what you want from life and you know uh, have some goals that you want to work towards. And I think that's the best thing of once you start being more confident in yourself and believing in yourself, then this is going to make, you know, like I said, life journey a bit easier because you're able to fight through whatever challenges are thrown at you. So it's being prepared for what life is going to throw at you. For sure. Obviously, with you being brought up and influenced by such an inspiring role model, your mother, I would think it's safe for me to assume that you're very big on women's empowerment and probably, I guess we could say you're a women's empowerment advocate. What do you do to empower yourself and other women? What do I do? Listen to myself. <laughs> no, I think I, I do reflect a lot and I go through things that have worked and things that don't work. What are my challenges and how I can? And I think it's all about not letting your challenges put you off, but work towards and work through your challenges and see what you can do to work through those challenges to overcome those solutions. For me, it's all about finding solutions it's all about finding the right things to do and trial and error. But sometimes I do, I do that. And sometimes my friends say, how did you just do that? I just, press the, you know, if there's a computer in front of me and I just press a lot of buttons and eventually <laughs> something happens and it will happen and something will happen. In fact, we were at work the other day and my friend said, oh, I can't get this to work. And I said, oh, let me take a look. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm not an IT technician, but I'll give it a go. I just pressed lots and lots of buttons and eventually <laughs> did what we wanted to do. And then my friend went, so how did you do that? And I said, you know, geniuses don't know how the things have happened. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't replicate what I did, but I obviously pressed lots of buttons and I'm not scared to trial and error. This is what I'm right. trying to say. You know, there's always a delete button. Unfortunately, in life, there isn't a delete button. No. But there is, you know, what we call the rephrase and re-challenge and redevelop buttons instead. So once control, you do... control, alt, delete, delete. reset. <laughs> reset. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, once you've trialed it and you know something has worked, is great. And if it hasn't worked, you know, it's not to not to do it again. It's learning yeah. from your mistakes as well. Right. Speaking of empowerment, what does the word empowerment mean to you? Being strong, being confident, and most importantly, self-development. I think it's really important that people are developing themselves constantly. And and like I've said earlier, it's all from literally learning from your mistakes and going through the life challenges and what it teaches you. That is your self-development. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? time management and <laughs> I see a theme here Samara <laughs> I don't think I could do you know often my friends and my family would say and my friends often question me how do you do that so last year I was doing three jobs and studying for two courses simultaneously and my friends would often say how the hell do you find time to come out and socialize with us but also you're doing two you're studying for two courses and you're playing three roles how do you do that and I say to them you see my calendar everything has a time and I, I'm allocated you two hours today so everything has to run by the schedule time blocking yeah I love it <laughs> speaking of success how do you define that word what does the word success mean to you working through and reaching out for what you aspire to do so it's and again coming back to achieving your goals and I think success shouldn't always be being successful failures are also success because they teach you a lot and I think I've learned a lot through my failures and and I've given you lots of examples of you know like first of all the language barrier that was yeah. For me, that was a failure, but how to overcome that failure and not let that become your weakness is a success in itself. And you don't that, have to be a millionaire. You know, we're not talking about uh, monetary things. We're talking about self-development. And for me, that's success. That, again, is another mind shift piece or mindset shift piece where you have to accept the failures and realize that that's where you learn. That's the biggest growth is in your failures. Yeah. What is one common myth about your profession that you would like to debunk? So people often think that, you know, chiropractors are just, you know, people that just crack backs. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> they do with the, you know, they are, you know, at the same level as uh, medical doctors. They have a lot of knowledge and understanding of the musculoskeletal system. And this is what they specialize in. And if they, you know, go on to develop on and do other, you know, areas of specialism, then, you know, they treat a lot more than just cracking backs. Thank you for that. <laughs> what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? I think my life has been uh, full of uh, challenges and, you know, learning from failures. So I think for me, what I was like before all of these challenges started is I was naive, you know, not knowing what the real world is like. But the challenges have taught me that life isn't always about the easy life going where you have no life worries or struggles that be prepared to face storms or challenges life may throw at you and don't be put off by them it's dealing with them and knowing how to manage them and how to deal with them and and seek the right advice and seek the right support support is a huge thing yeah huge 
aside from the language barrier thing, what is one of your biggest, and I don't like using this word, but failures, or we'll call it, we'll call it life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from it? Okay. So I think life has thrown so much at us. It's challenges, life challenges, but yeah, it's not failures apart from the language barrier, which I think is the biggest hurdle, I would say, or was a biggest hurdle in my achievements. Other failures I would think it's, or, or, you know, life teachable things would be being in a foreign land, not having the right support, uh, not having you know, your friends or your family around. I think that was yeah. the biggest thing that you don't have that, you know, the support channel around you and then you have to start from scratch. That was mm-hmm. hard. That was the most challenging thing when you don't have anybody around you, you know, you don't know anybody and you're, you feel alone. That was, yeah, so feeling alone and not having anybody around you to to help and support you, that was the, the next level challenge. What's an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? Oh, loads. I don't think I was actually meant to be in UK. Really? That was the biggest, yes, because uh, that was the biggest blessing, actually. So my dad, he was ill and we had to travel from Pakistan to UK. And my mum had applied for us to travel to UK. And the British embassy in Pakistan wouldn't grant us visas to travel to UK. And they only said that only mum was allowed to travel right. and none of the other children. My mum was like, I can't leave all the children behind. So then they said, OK, we can allow. So my youngest sister, I think she was uh, she was on mum's passport. So they said they could allow my mum and my younger sister to travel. None of the other children were allowed. And my mum was like, this This was the hardest challenge for mum, having to choose between her husband and her children. For sure. And then my mum was like, oh, boys, I can, not confidently, but I, you know, if, if, if I have to make a choice, the boys, I yeah. can to tra- travel and see my husband, but I can't leave my other daughter behind. But right. they were adamant that they, they would only allow my mum and my younger sister to visit and travel to see my dad. So my mum obviously very disappointed, came out. And as they were travelling back to uh, back home, my, my brother had opened the passport and I had a stamp in my passport. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, things worked out. As you say, things work out the way they're supposed to, right? They tried to stop me, but I'm, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's the biggest challenge you're facing currently in your role, your business right now, and how are you tackling it? I wouldn't say a challenge, but it's an ongoing development, I would say, from because I'm always constantly thinking of how to develop, how to make it work better for myself, for my patients. And so it's it's working through different criteria, different tasks, different, you know, working out different things, what is going to work, what isn't going to work. So I wouldn't say it was a challenge for the business, but it's working towards different, creating different. So for example, I just uh, had a, a new software that I think would make life easier for you know the booking system so there's lots of different things that you again trial and error to see what works and what doesn't yeah. work. so you're constantly and I think it's not a, a challenge as that it's, it's a thing that you work on a regular basis to see what works for your business and what is going to help develop your business better or how things for me like I said shortcuts how yeah. things, you know, less time it takes to achieve something because I've got so much going on. I just want to see how, you know, more time effective, not cost efficient, effective. Yeah, talk, most yeah. efficient. So it's, yeah. it's literally working through things that are going to take less time and I can achieve the same in, in shorter space of time. That's a great way to look at it. 
Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have more time or more money? Certainly time. What is your favorite self-care practice? Taking the time out for yourself. At what time of day do you get your best work done? <laughs> Any time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Positivity. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, disorganization. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> How would you describe yourself in one word? Content. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Positivity. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What challenge in your life has shaped you the most, would you say? What challenges? I would say the life struggles and having to, you know, gone through different struggles. I think there's lots of different struggles that shaped me. But, um, you know, it's, it's learning from your mistakes, as we've talked about before, and learning from your, again, I, I don't like using the word failure too, but yeah. from your failures or things that have taught you. And, you know, I've given you so many examples of my life journey. All of them, all of them have shaped me to who yeah. I am today. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Never look back, set goals. In the last two years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Improved my life. I know you're going to say it's a, <laughs> you should know this for Andy. I think I know uh, what you're going to say. <laughs> it's self-confidence, self-development, uh, organization, and time management. For me, these are the key. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Oh, gosh, uh, spending time with my family. Mm, I love that. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, for sure, my mom. Because why? Because then she can stop saying to me, you need to sit down and spend some time with me. <laughs> <laughs> clever, so, clever. <laughs> so, yeah, my mom for sure. Okay. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Slow down. Lastly, Samara, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? Okay, don't let life challenges put you off. Don't let your weaknesses be your weaknesses. Let your weaknesses be your strength. Work on yourself. Work towards your career pathways. Work towards your self-development and be the person you are. Don't try and be someone else. Be the person that you're meant to be. And that's the best thing that you can be. And just work with yourself. At, go at your pace. Let your mind and your heart decide where you should be. And eventually you will be where you need to be. Beautifully said and a wonderful way to end the interview. Samara, thank you so much for being here with me today and sharing a bit about your story, your journey, your struggles. You are an incredibly inspiring woman with all you have dealt with and overcome and your positive attitude after being through what you've been through and just keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor to sit down and chat with you. I am honored and excited to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you for being here today. Well, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's been great to speak to you and thank you for having me 
here and uh, you know allowing me to talk about my inspirations my challenges and you know words of wisdom for other women out there it's been great so thank you for giving me this opportunity my pleasure once again my name is brad walsh host of your empowerography podcast today my guest has been samara Batti. she is the owner and founder of sab chiropractic clinic she is a qualified diagnostic radiographer and a lecturer thank you so much samara i hope you have an amazing rest of the day thank you so much you too thank you very much for listening to this podcast if you haven't yet please be sure to subscribe rate review and share with all your friends you can find me at visuphoria.ca follow me on instagram at empowerography podcast and on facebook at empowerography please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman